Uh, I'm very excited uh, for this next show as a, a fan of pop culture myself, as I'm sure many of us are here. Um, let's uh, get a thunderous applause. Let's get it going right from the start. Come on, baby. Give me that claps. Keep it going for I'll Be There For You. Slam 5, what's up? So happy to be here at the beautiful IO event space. Um, it's an honor to be in this historic um, Chicago comedy venue. Are we good? Chicago comedy venue. Um, I still don't know what a Herald team is, and at this point, I'm too afraid to ask. I'm Lindsay Ennett. I'm the host and producer and snack mom of I'll Be There For You, a podcast about pop culture and coping. Every episode, I talk to a funny, interesting, just generally rad person about a piece of pop culture that got them through a rough time in their lives. If you are the kind of person that thinks a lot about how Bethany Frankel has done more for disaster victims in this country than our current administration, this podcast is for you. My guest today is the lovely Jeremy Owens. Jeremy is the founder and curator of You're Being Ridiculous, one of the best, funniest live-lit shows in Chicago. Definitely check them out. Um, also, the uh, co-founder and... Would it be fair to call you editor-in-chief of Hose? It would not be fair if your name is Adrian Gunn and you co-produced that with me. Ah. <laughs> Co-editor-in-chief. Yeah, I'm, I'm there. I write stuff. Yeah. Shout out to Adrian. What is Hose for the uh, people at home? It's, we, I think we call it uh, smart people writing about stupid things. <laughs> Basically, anything you're obsessed with, we write for you and want you to write for us, sort yeah. of. Is my mic on at all? Yeah, you're good. Is it? Cool. Yeah. Um, uh, I've particularly been enjoying your um, recent recaps on the past chaotic season of Bachelor in Paradise. I just watched the finale this afternoon because it, it's three hours long. I don't know if you guys have anything going on in your life that takes three hours to explain. It was... <laughs> <laughs> I love that show because it's complete and total garbage, but also <laughs> it's like, oh my God, what is wrong with these people? What is wrong? What is wrong? What is wrong? Did you watch the finale? I have yet to. I'm super behind on all TV right now, um, except for the Bake Off. So that's kind of the headspace I'm in right now. Bachelor in Paradise is where it's at. Yes. But it's a commitment, obviously. The finale, each episode is two hours long. And uh, the finale was three hours. It's, it's a total commitment. And it's twice a week, so it's four hours of TV in two days. So if you're, you're either, like, watching it or you're, you, it's impossible to, like, you're like, oh, I'll put this off and watch this later. No. That's, no. that's you'll never be able to catch up. That's so much TV, but also I completely understand. And how did the finale make you feel? How are, how are we doing? I think that it just made me feel like people are garbage. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. There's like there's Jordan, the, like the little guy who wants to fight with everybody. 
Um, he's entertaining, but I don't really understand why he was on the show really at all. Because he just like fights with everyone with no purpose. Isn't there one of those on like every Bachelor franchise season though? The 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 Chad Johnson figure, as it were. Right. Always. Uh, my favorite we don't though, have I to think, do that. was John Paul Jones. I don't know. <laughs> He's, I don't know, he's the best. He's like, he sounds like a surfer dude, kind of, and he's got like the wavy hair, but he lives in Maryland, apparently, I discovered on the finale, which makes zero sense whatsoever. Yeah, the speed, like he has like the whole like speech pattern and like the dude thing, and but and like the most beautiful person on the show is in love with him, which I find con- confusing, although he is, He's attractive. He's good looking. But, whoa. Okay. He also shares a name with the bass player from Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin. Yeah. That's like, that's out of my, that's like, that's out of the gay scope of like understanding for me. Led Zeppelin. I don't, yeah. I don't, does not compute. <laughs> so, um, what did you bring in for, for us to chat about today, Jeremy? Really, all things Bravo. Great. Anything you've got. Awesome. So <laughs> let's let's kind of start from the beginning. Like, okay. how did like what purpose does the Bravo verse serve in your life, and how did that that relationship with this network of beautiful garbage shows begin? Right. I don't know if you've heard of the 2016 election. <laughs> uh huh. Bravo. Bravo is how I cope with the 2016 election. Um, I can't deal. I can't, I could kind of like not watch anything anymore. I can't do like news or Rachel Maddow or like any of that kind of thing. I can't like, I mean, I'm aware of what's happening and I under, I can see the flames rising and the smoke going. So I like know that everything's burning down, but I can't watch it on TV when I'm at home at night. So I like a good, complete garbage TV situation. I like beautiful, rich women screaming at each other about their children taking Thai lessons or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, That's how it gets me. It gets me through. No, I absolutely understand that. I'm kind of in the same boat over the past, like, three or four years. I've found my taste in entertainment getting lower and lower stakes. Like, I can't... I mean... I'm going to keep my opinions about the show to myself because they'll be controversial and like we have too small of a listenership to risk it. But like, I can't really watch the West wing because it like stresses me out too much. The West wing is far too hopeful and smart right now. I can't deal with it. It makes me remember a time that is the opposite of now. Um, I can't, I can't, I can't, I I can't, that's it. End of sentence. I can't. Yeah. Yeah, But, and for some reason in like the Bravo verse when it's, you know, Bethany flying to a hurricane, it somehow feels hopeful and good. Kind of. Even though I want to rip out her hair because why is she going to anywhere doing anything instead of just like managing real estate with Frederick? (laughs) (laughs) That is a very good question. (laughs) I mean, I mean, thanks for your help, but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is not where we want you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but 
You also have a duty to the viewers of this of this franchise, Bethany. <laughs> no, <laughs> right. um, but for real. But for some reason, like the you know seeing you know Sonia and Luann fight and make out. Poor Luann. That's all I can say. It's poor Luann. <laughs> It's somehow, you know, it's 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 anxiety inducing and it's it's a mess, but somehow it it feels you and it's, you know, heavily embellished, but it it feels you feel removed from it, I think, in a way where you don't even sometimes with scripted TV. Right. Well, that's like a tr- I mean, Luann's, I don't know, problems. Um, those are that I can I can manage that. That seems somehow okay and acceptable as opposed to like the real world or even any scripted, scripted TV shows, movies, I can't, I have, I struggle. There are shows that people get excited about, but I kind of just can't deal with them because I feel like, I don't know, it's the, it's the election thing where my brain has been burned and so now I can't like focus in the same way. I need like Luann drinking while on probation to get me through. <laughs> Right, like how you, like how all you people feel about the Battle of Blackwater is how I feel about December Berkshire's County. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is truly perfect television, and I am riveted. It's the thing that I need. Yeah. Yeah. So, with with the Bravoverse, what what where has kind of your focus been been now? What what is your your current jam? Um, well, I mean, I watch pretty much all of the Housewives. Um, New York is probably my favorite. Because New York is the best one. It's the best. Although, I mean, the last, I would say the last two seasons have sort of, like, not been as good. I mean, there's no one, like, taking their leg off and throwing it on a table, like Aviva a couple of seasons ago. She literally took her leg off and threw it on a table during a fight. Um, there was also the thing where she like dumped all her pills out. I don't think I saw that one. Or where she forgot was, it. She got invited to go to Montana with the rest of the gals, and she <laughs> ex- she kept explaining that she had severe asthma and couldn't go, and people d- Wait, didn't yes, now believe I remember her. The asthma. Yeah, she's yeah. like, "What? You do you think all this medication is fake?" Right, and throws it on the table. Yeah, yeah. Um, but New York is really my favorite. I'm watching The O.C. right now. I feel like The O.C. for me is kind of, like, grounded, I would say, in the timeout chair, just because the last couple seasons have been, like, so desperate. Vicky, do you know Vicky? I know of Vicky. Vicky Gundelson? Yes. Insurance agent in Orange County? Yeah. She's the worst, and she fights with everyone for no reason. Her fiance boyfriend person had cancer. I put that in. Oh, this is a cancer show. This is terrible. Um, she, he faked having cancer for a while. Oh no! And everyone no. knew about it. And then she lied about the cancer no. that he had, saying that of course he does that. He wouldn't lie about it, and just went on and on and on. And that was for like that took up like two whole seasons. That's wildly upsetting. That's like 40 episodes of television that I watched. That went through for 40 episodes? I mean, it's two different seasons, but yeah, it just continued for two, two whole, yeah. Anyway, they are in the timeout chair. Yeah, that, that is absolutely grounds for the timeout chair. OC never did it for me. I, I can't really explain why. It's a little, I mean... 
I mean, Christians are fine, but it's a little like it's of the housewives. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jewish. Um, it's a, Christians so are fine. Man. They're great. They're nice. Um, but it's a little of the housewives series is um, it's the one that's like they talk about God a lot and how Jesus is going to get me through it. Those are fine things to do and to uh, subscribe to. But it's like that's not what I want on television. Kind of like just just wrestle and talk about your diamond mine or something. <laughs> have another or have a dog funeral. Or the have any of the things that you could. Yeah. There have been two dog funerals on New York. Yeah. They were cremated and thrown into the East River. <laughs> that was that was Sonia's dog Milu. Yes. yes. Um, pour one pour one out for Milu. So, I know one of the things you wanted to to talk about that you mentioned when we were prepping for the show was um, a, a little show called uh, Vanderpump Rules. Also obsessed with Vanderpump Rules. Yes. So, for the people who may not be familiar. What draws you to this particular Housewives franchise spinoff? What, what is the magic of Vanderpump Rules? It's all kind of the same. It's just like so much garbage. People with money doing stupid things. Uh, at first, it was, oh my god, I love Lisa Vanderpump. What is she doing in her real life? <laughs> ha ha. So she runs, this, she runs several like cocktail bar situations all over California, it seems, and now in Las Vegas. Um, and so her staff, I don't know if you've worked in a restaurant before, but they're all like, there's a swear jar. Does that mean I'm in a, they're all like sleeping around and sleeping with each other and doing all kinds of stuff. So it's super incestuous. Now and please swear. The more, the more you swear, the more funds we can raise for Connor's Cure at Connor's Cure. Okay. So they're all fucking Connors each Cure. other, basically. <laughs> everybody's, everybody's fucking everybody else. And there are all of this stuff and the drama that happens with that is basically what you're watching. Like, who's going to find out, and what are they doing? And but then they're getting engaged and all this other stuff. But I need to talk about Lisa Vanderpump. Do you do you watch Beverly Hills? Sporadically, yes. Okay, so she did not show up for the Beverly Hills reunion. Oh, oh my! That would be like us not showing up for this podcast marathon. Right. It would be terrible. Poor form. Terrible. <laughs> terrible form. Anyway, so that caused a lot of drama. Do you have any feelings about her not coming to the reunion? Come on. I think that <laughs> I think that bailing on a housewife's reunion is poor form. I think and I think you're doing I think you're just doing a disservice to yourself because the reunion is a platform and maybe this is taking all of this way too seriously, but um the reunion is a platform for self-advocacy. It's a platform for coming to your defense. Sure. And if you are not there to defend yourself against whatever lurid accusations right. Andy Cohen will attempt to facilitate, then you're kind of SOL. And then the projection of whoever is at the reunion is how you're going to... That's like the note you're going out on on that season. Right. Like, well, now she's off up. the show, so she quit the show. But also, she didn't show up, even though her basically she controlled what the storyline was for the whole season, which was <laughs> Dorit adopted a dog from. <laughs> My life is so stupid. Dorit adopted a dog from Lisa's dog shelter. And then Dorit, instead of returning the dog to Lisa Vanderpump, she 
took the dog and gave it to a shelter, which turns out was a kill shelter. Instead what? of telling, <laughs> instead of telling Lisa that she, the dog that they adopted didn't work out for their family. Oh no! So there was this whole drama about who knew the dog was returned or not, and when did that happen, and why didn't she tell? And someone else knew, and they were gonna like use this to destroy Dorit, and yeah. I'm gonna need to go back and watch this because the <laughs> this is truly like it was this a is pretty some, good season. This is some Greek tragedy shit. Super Greek tragedy. Like, like really, isn't the housewives arc just the hero's journey told in another way? Completely. Something, something, <laughs> Joseph Campbell, something, something. It's magical. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, me, yeah. Uh, I I don't have an MFA. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about any of y'all, but. Um, what about you? Do you have a favorite show on Bravo? Uh, definitely, definitely New York. I also got to give some love to Top Chef. Okay. Yeah, that's um, good. Padma. I love Padma. Oh my God. I there was a Grantland article that referred to Padma as a stoned and regal puma, and that is my single favorite description of a human ever. <laughs> but, I love Padma. Like, I also what? Love Padma. What person on earth does not love Padma Lakshmi? Um, but I love Top Chef. Uh, the Chicago season was what drew me in because it was, you know, getting to see my hometown and watching people cook really dope things. It was also responsible for the meteoric rise of Stephanie Izard, who now kind of runs the food scene with a lot of restaurants with goat in the name. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's not enough. I, I, I like Top Chef. It's fun, but there's not enough. I don't know. I need, I need rich women fighting. I don't know what that is about, but... Yeah, there's not really that on top. You're not going to get that on Top Chef. Um, but you don't even really get that much drama it's just kind of you get the like very cliche chef archetypes like yeah like i have a beard and tattoos and i do a lot of nose to tail shit right and it's like come on man yeah i think i kind of feel like that i like that show but it is it can be very like dude bro-y which is not really my yeah i think that's more of a a you know, a larger issue with the culinary world than just this well, particular true. show. Right. But uh no. Nah. Um in terms of in terms of the Bravo verse, I've been mostly on a New York rewatch and I've also gotten my wife into New York and It's a fun one. Yeah. As Do you watch Below Deck? Tell me about Below Deck. So Below Deck is kind of, it's sort of, I mean, it's not as glamorous as Vanderpump Rules, but it's kind of the same principle. So there's the crew of a small yacht, and it's... <laughs> and How is it so less glamorous people? and yet has a yacht? <laughs> right. Well, these people, they're, work, they're the crew of a yacht, and each week there's like a new person that is taking the yacht out and so it's them managing their personal stuff 
with each other. They're all they're also all fucking each other on a yacht that's that's being you know taken all over the world by rich people. So what you're saying is Below Deck is basically Downton Abbey, but the but the like upstairs family changes oh, totally. every week. Yeah, every week. Yeah. I'm here for that. It's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Also garbage, but amazing. Yeah. And so, so I mean, are there, like, of the, like, people taking the yacht out? So it's, yeah. I know it's really about the crew, but do you ever, like, are there ever recurring people that, people that take the yacht out? Yeah. No, it's really all about the, I mean, you see the people and they're like, wild demands like dinner by a waterfall or like whatever the situation like we're gonna we want to have dinner on the beach we want to slide on the side of the yacht or like these whatever those things are but it's really about them managing their personalities yeah and then they get tipped at the end of the week and it's like they get like 30 grand or something that they divide i know (laughs) So you take a yacht out and then you have to tip all the people. So they like literally hand over the captain of the ship. They hand him like a wad of like 30, 25, 30 grand. And then they divide that money up amongst the crew. Well, I'm glad that they're all securing their um, respective bags. It makes like, I'm like, I like feel feverish, like thinking about someone just like Handing you having that much money to casually. Cash. Like, I mean, isn't that what really all these Bravo shows are? Like, just an opportunity for us to escape while also poor. while also reconciling the nightmare that is capitalism in 2019. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Fun yeah. to watch, though. Yeah. I mean, no, but like for real, like how do you like? I mean, just, like, as a person in the world right now who, like, is generally, like, horrified and enraged by everything, but, like, also loves Bravo, and, like, (laughs) I'm, like, the show has a very strict, like, you know, we don't, as long as you're, the thing you love isn't hurting, but, like, we don't, there's no value judgment here, you like what you like, but... Like, how do you like justify navigate? watching that? I don't mean I don't mean justify, <laughs> but just like navigate those like complicated feelings. Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's terrible to say, but like, I that's not. I mean, yes, that is awful. That I mean, it's also on the other hand, it's great that someone can handle that hand over thirty grand to somebody mm-hmm. for a thing they paid for. They paid for that experience, so they're paying for it, and that's great that they can do that. But also. It's awful <laughs> that someone has that much money. Yeah. I don't know. I think I just choose not to. I'm using the whole situation as a way to escape and trying not to think about yeah. that stuff. That's <laughs> since I'm surrounded by it all. Yeah. The time. And there and there doesn't have to necessarily be an answer right. to any of that. And that, you know, sometimes it's not about that. Sometimes it's just, you know, and that's really what the show is about, is about that coping piece, is, you know, figuring out what makes you happy and, and gets you through the day. I like a good lady fight with diamonds. I don't know. It's what, that's, that's my thing. Uh, lady fight with diamonds <laughs> would be a dope band name. <laughs> so we're uh, starting to wrap up, and uh, 
Jeremy, it's been awesome chatting Bravo with you and being a part of Pod Slam Five. Thank you. That was that was your energy check. Um, uh, no, it's no, it is really cool to be a part of this, and like I'm super grateful to the crew for having us. Um, one question I like to always ask people as uh, we're wrapping up the show is. What is something outside of pop culture that you do to practice self or community care? Uh, self-care, I run a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it, it like, it's like, a, I would say that I compare it to like a full body meditation. You like run, you can't really think about how everything's burning down or how terrible anything is in your personal life or like the world and just kind of like sweat the stress out. Nice. And I cope. yeah, and what Jeremy's not telling you is you are a, you successfully did a marathon. I did. Just like Carol Radswell. Just like she actually inspired <laughs> me to run the marathon. Wait, what? That's how we gay have three I am. minutes left, and we're just getting to this now. <laughs> wait, did you? Wait, are you? Are you? Serious? I knew that she was training for the marathon, and I was like, oh, I didn't even know the New York City Marathon existed. That's how in the dark I am. Um, and I was like, oh, that's cool. I'm gonna sign up for that and see what happens. I, well, I got a spot, and then I ran the New York City Marathon. That is amazing. Thanks, Carol. <laughs> Thanks for being the only adult in the room on that show for years and also inspiring Jeremy to run the New York Marathon. <laughs> Shout out to Carol Radswell. Uh, Jeremy Owens, you have been such a wonderful guest. Where can people find you online? Do you have any shows or anything coming up you want to plug? Uh, I run You're Being Ridiculous, so I'm on Twitter at You're Being Ridiculous. Um, yeah, and you can find that same uh, contact, whatever you call that thing. I can't, what's the thing? On Instagram, same thing, at You're Being Ridiculous. That's my, that's my whole jam. That's cool. my thing. Submit to the show, go see it. It's super fun. This has been uh, the first um, wonderfully shambly live episode of I'll Be There For You. Um, we upload new episodes every other Sunday to help you beat those Sunday scaries. You can find the show on... Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts, and also on most social media at IBTFYPod. If you're interested in being a guest or you have questions, comments, feedback, anything like that, you can also reach the show at I'll Be There For You Pod at gmail.com. Thank you for coming out. Please support Connor's Cure if you're listening after this. Also, please support Connor's Cure at connorscure.org. Yes. Connorscure.org. Connor with two ends. Oh, sorry? Connorthecrusher.org. Connorthecrusher.org. Connor with two ends. And uh, we'll have a link to all of that in the show notes. This has been I'll Be There For You. I'm Lindsay Ennett with Jeremy Owens. Thank you. Take care, everybody. Keep it going. Long and strong for I'll be there for you!